Welcome back to Harmonize Your Life, Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. I'm so glad to have you here with us as we are now in our October series. Yes, we have gone through our September series and now we are kicking off our October series. Many of you know that the month of October is dedicated to um, domestic violence, violence awareness or intimate partner violence awareness and, and prevention as well as Breast Cancer Awareness and Prevention Month. And so all month long, we're gonna be talking to um, women who are survivors of domestic violence, as well as breast cancer survivors, and those who are not not only surviving, but thriving and have now gone back to empower women and bring women uh, out of situations that are detrimental to their overall health wellness, mental health, physical health, um, what you name it. And so I'm excited today to kick off this series with a wonderful conversation with a friend, a daughter uh, in the Lord and uh, a sister, a colleague who um, you'll be glad to hear from. She's no stranger to our podcast community. And we'll be back in just a moment to begin our conversation on domestic violence prevention and awareness and prevention. We'll be right back right after this. Well, here we are again with uh, my guest today. I know you're going to be blessed by a conversation I have with me, uh, Tamiko Laurie Pugh, uh, in the podcast studio with me today. She is no stranger to the Harmonize Your Life uh, Conversations on Self-Care podcast, and I'm glad to have her back here with us again. She was with us in 2020, the year that we launched the podcast, she came in. Uh, in the month of October that year, and I invited her to come back today and to, um, and um, this year. And uh, let's continue the conversation. Want to hear about the work that she's doing? She's doing some amazing work in the community around this subject, around this issue, um, that uh, this illness, if you will, uh, that plagues our society. Let me just give you a little bit of uh, information about Tamiko. Tamiko uh, Laurie Pugh often, is often referred to as the empowering diva. And as, you, as you can see, she is a diva. Uh, she is a voice of women's empowerment. And as the chief empowerment officer of the Living the Empowered Life LLC, Tamiko leads courses, events, and programs that empower women to shift their uh, limiting beliefs and to tap into their divine purpose. She serves as the host of the Living Empowered Life podcast, where she shares inspirational interviews, tips, tools, and resources that move um, that, that move you forward in faith, in life, and in business. 
She is also the founder of the Still Standing Alliance and Foundation, a nonprofit organization that focuses on, on um, domestic violence, uh, advocacy, awareness, and prevention. As a survivor herself of domestic violence, Tamiko is very transparent about her journey, turning her pain into purpose. I love that. And this is um, allow, has allowed her to construct a powerful movement dedicated to the empowerment and personal development of women across the world. She is a compassionate mentor, friend, an enthusiastic leader, and visionary. She is a daughter in the Lord, and I am so happy all the time to see the work that she is doing. Whenever I see her on social media or talk to her, it just I'm just godly proud of, of Tamiko. Tamiko believes that empowerment uh, comes from within, yes, and can be achieved by honoring yourself, honoring your values, and expressing your, your true, uh, expressing your talents and your gifts. Welcome uh, back to the Harmonize Your Life podcast, Tamiko. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Always excited to sit down and have a conversation with you. So thank well, you for having me. Well, you know, I, as I said in my introduction, I am always delighted to be with you, to share with you. Always glad to have you uh, partnering with us in the work that we're doing and um, and and to be able to partner with you in the work that you're doing. I've seen firsthand your work. I know firsthand your story because um, um, I pastored you for a season of, of your life as you were yes. a member of our local church. And during that season, while you were kind of coming out of that, um, uh, of a horrible relationship and being able to sit with you, talk with you, cry with you, pray with you, and then to see God just, almost like a caterpillar, just see you burst forth out of a cocoon that was holding mm. you bound. And now you just become this beautiful butterfly that is soaring. And um, what I really love about it is that you're not only, you've not only taken back your power, your personal power, but you are now empowering women. And you've gone back, it reminds me of what uh, Jesus said to Peter, when you are converted, strengthen mm -hmm. your brother and how you've just gone back and led many daughters uh, that were captive into a space of freedom. And so I'm so proud of you. Thank you. It is it's too soon to start crying. <laughs> Look, <laughs> you got me tearing up already. It's, it's too soon, but <laughs> thank you. But thank, thank you for being a part of the journey. You were definitely a part of the journey, stood beside me at the state capitol. You know, the first time I had the opportunity to speak and pass laws. I mean, you were a part of the journey. I'm so grateful, grateful for you. I'm, and I'm grateful for you. And I and I thank the Lord how he has kept us connected through the years. We don't talk every day, every week. Sometimes we go months without talking. But when we do, it's like, you know, we just pick right back yes. up like where we left off. Yes. And I appreciate that. So Tamiko, some of the people who are listening to us today may may not have heard your story. And um, so I always ask the women that come in to share a little bit of your story because our, there's power in our stories, right? And um, all of us have a story. And when we get an opportunity to share a little bit of our story, 
you never know how many women can identify, number one, with your story or our stories and um, how many women are set free by just hearing our stories, seeing themselves and hearing our stories often can, uh, as they relate, can often help them as they're struggling maybe in areas of their lives. So share a little bit of your story and why you have become an advocate for survivors of domestic or intimate partner violence. Yes, yes, Dr. Tony, just like you, I believe that our stories are very important. It's important that we share them. Our stories bring hope or breathe hope into those people who are going through what we actually were able to survive. Um, and not only that, it brings glory to God, right? It allows us to see the things that he's uh, allowed us to go, not only go through, but grow through um, yeah. and, and survive those things. And, and it helps us to really tap into our purpose. But um, in my story, probably, probably like many others, um, many, many others, because one in four women are impacted by intimate partner violence. Uh, it's something that I thought I would never experience. I thought I was full of confidence and, you know, I just thought that it was something that couldn't touch me. Um, but I just remember thinking that I met the man of my dreams, right? Mm -hmm. Great smile, tall, dark and handsome, um, gainfully employed, all that stuff. And I feel like that, the man of my dreams became my worst nightmare. Wow. Um, he began to beat me, I'll say emotionally. Mm -hmm. Emotionally, financially, uh, mentally, until I became a, what I would call a broken soul. Now notice I didn't say physical because it, before it even got physical, I was already broken. Okay. Um, so how do you... So it started out the mental, the emotional, the financial abuse, and then eventually it led to the physical. It, yes. And I always tell people, how do you heal a broken soul? Right. You can heal a broken arm, you know, physical things heal over time. But how do you heal a broken soul? So long story short, you know, I'm in this relationship. Um, and it, again, it slowly happened. By the time he actually laid a hand on me, I, I was in a space emotionally where I felt like I deserved it. I wasn't doing something right. And so for me, it was like, well, maybe if I cook his favorite food or, you know, wear his favorite outfit or do this or do that, maybe he'll love me more. Okay. Um, but I got tired. And the, the day that I decided to leave him was the day um, that I almost lost my life. Uh, we were on Interstate 85 and I just remember telling him, I'm, I wanna, I'm gonna leave you. And he was like, the B word, B, if you leave me, I will kill both of us. And um, I was driving. He proceeded to take the steering wheel, you know, I guess to try to get us in an accident. We ended up on the side of the road and that's where he beat me and strangled me until I was unconscious. Um, I woke up in the middle of Interstate 85 uh, with cars blowing their horns, swerving around me, trying to prevent from hitting me. And that was the day uh, that my journey of survivorship began. That was the day that I knew that there was a bigger purpose behind what I had to go through. Um, I never went back after that. And I began to, that's when I became an advocate and really wanted to help other women that were going through it. Wow, 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 wow. And I'm sure that there are women who are listening to this uh, podcast today who can identify uh, in some way with um, what you are, what you have experienced. Wow. So, you know, 
Um, Tamiko, the World Health Organization has listed domestic violence or intimate partner violence as a public health problem. And we don't often think of it in the terms, you know, when we think of public health, we, we think of diseases like COVID-19, mm -hmm. um, HIV and AIDS. We think of pandemics and endemics, mm -hmm. but we don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't see domestic violence as a public health risk or issue. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's so important that voices like yours who have risen to share and bring awareness is so important. Um, this public health problem, the World Health Organization says that IPV affects women's physical and mental health through direct paths, such as injury, indirect pathways, such as prolonged stress, stress responses that leads to chronic health problems. That when I read that, I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's so it's it's the it's what it leads to in the health of women, this prolonged stress, yes. injury, direct and indirect pathways, because sometimes it's through our relationships and other people, lives that we touch, our work, you know, those indirect pathways, the things that, you know, because if I'm not well emotionally, it's going to impact my work. It's going to impact my other relationships, yes. all those things. And then this prolonged stress that comes with it. Have you, can you talk to me or talk to us and, and ask, I just want to ask you, have you seen this in, in the lives of women as you've advocated for those? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen it in myself and other women. Um, so um, let me just talk about myself a little bit. I've shared a little bit of my story, yeah. but, you know, I talked about the emotional trauma. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how do you heal a broken soul? And so for me, I developed depression. Um, so it definitely impacts your, your mental health. Not only that, uh, I would have migraines every single day. So I'm like going back and forth to the doctor, seeing a neurologist, trying to figure out what was wrong with me, but it was the stress. And so I would have these migraines. And so I'm constantly taking Tylenol and goodie powders and anything to kind of mask that pain. And then my liver started to fail. Wow. Because I was taking so much, so many different types of medication. Then I had high blood pressure. Oh. And so I had all these ailments uh, that were really a direct result of stress um, and the trauma that I was dealing with. Because trauma impacts us internally. Yeah. And you can look at a person all day and say, oh, she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. But at the end of the day, the inside is not beautiful. It's, it's mm -hmm, trauma mm -hmm. was slowly kind of um, killing you. Yes. It was it was really tearing me apart. And and the, and the, and when you say and think about it, if it's tearing you apart physically, I mean, literally over time, it could lead to death. It could definitely lead to death. Um, stress can kill you. And a person yeah. can stress you out so much to the point where your health really starts to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 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 Whew. So, so let's talk about, let's talk about power and control. Mm -hmm. Power and control. We know that domestic violence is at the root of it. It's about power. 
and it's about control. We know that. We talked about that the last time when you we did. We did. Uh, with us, and so, if why is it? Why is it about power? Why is it? So let me kind of give the definition of de domestic violence, which you've kind of you've done that, and so. When we think about it, it's a pattern of behaviors, right? It's a pattern of behaviors used to gain or maintain power and control. Um, and power and control, that is the main tactic in domestic violence. A person wants to have power over you. They want to control you. And the power and control will, in domestic violence, we have this thing that's called the power and control will. Okay. Um, and it shows the different areas where the abuser tries to get power and control or the ways that they try to get power and control. So, you know, you can have power and control over me by threatening a person, right? You can use intimidation. Intimidation is like, if I look at you a certain way and I can control you, that's power of control. That's domestic violence. And I always tell people, the only person that, you know, even young, when I'm talking to younger people, teenagers and college students, the only person that should be able to look at you and scare you are your parents, right? Because <laughs> that's what they... In a healthy way, but in, in your adult life, the person that's supposed to love you, they shouldn't be able to intimidate you or instill fear in you just by looking at you. So, mm -hmm. using intimidation, using emotional abuse, if I can control your emotions, right, that's power and control, that's domestic violence. Um, if I am using male privilege or using, you know, even using scripture to control you, that's a form of abuse, yeah. Controlling the finances, that's a form of abuse. So those are all areas of power and control, how you can actually control a person. Um, and that's where, the, that's where intimate partner violence comes in. So it, again, it may not always be physical, mm. but I'm controlling you by intimidating you. I'm scaring you and I'm instilling fear in you. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, wow. Okay. So, so when you, when you, when we when you've seen you've been a victim of it, you know women who've been a victim. So why why do some victims stay? What are some reasons that victims stay? And you know that is a great question. You know, we ask that all the time. The first thing I say, and I know you're asking it in the means of you really want to know why a victim would stay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and some people are just like, well, why she don't just leave, right? And I always tell people, yeah, I don't well, mean that in a judgmental way. Don't mm -hmm. say, yeah, and I know you didn't. Um, but sometimes people will ask that question. I say, well, you know, why does he hit? Let's get to the bottom of it, right? Why does he actually hit? But to answer your question, there are so many reasons why a victim would stay. So we talked about power and control, and it's all, you know, it ties mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. um, what I want people to understand is, aside from danger, um, the day that a person decides to leave a domestic violence relationship is the most dangerous time for them because that's when a person believes that they have lost control. And so that's when you see the most um, aggression come out. Okay. So maybe that's the day that the physical abuse has gotten the worst or it may even, unfortunately, sometimes it turns into a homicide. So you have to be very, very careful mm -hmm. when planning to leave. I mean, you see what happened in my situation. I said, I'm leaving. Yeah. Told him I was leaving and he felt like he lost control. Um, but a few reasons. Fear is one. Mm -hmm. right? A person is afraid of what's going to happen. They're afraid of the unknown. Maybe, you know, he's threatening that person. So there's just this fear. Mm -hmm. How am I going to survive after this? He handles the finances. Mm -hmm. um, so, so many different fears come up. A lot of people also believe that abuse is normal. 
They don't know what a healthy relationship looks oh, like. Wow. They wow. grow up in an environment where there was abuse and it's just common. And so they're like, this is normal. So you just, this is what I'm supposed to experience. Right. This, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, embarrassment or shame. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just embarrassed. Maybe I don't really want anyone to know what I'm going through. Yeah. Maybe I don't want to admit to my friends and family members that I'm in this relationship. Um, are people going to judge me? What are they going to say? Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the low self-esteem that comes over time mm-hmm. because the person, you know, on the first date, they're not just slapping you or, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. Yeah. It's gradual. Yeah. And so at this point now, your self-esteem is low. The person has put you down. You feel like either you deserve it or no one else is going to want me. Mm. Lack of support. Maybe you just don't have a support system. And this one, love. People are like, love? What do you mean by love? Well, a person can actually love the person that's abusing them. You fell in love with this person. Um, And most times, the victim, or I would say survivor, they don't want to lose their family. They just want the abuse to stop. And so that's when we get into this whole cycle of violence, right? There's Mm -hmm. a cycle. So there's the the stage where there's- Because I love you. Even though you're abusing me, I love you. And, and if I got children, it's uproot the whole, the whole, it's so many pieces to it. So many pieces. You just, at the end of the day, you want the relationship to be the way that it used to be. You want them to go back to being that kind, loving person that you fell in love with. And, you know, you think that you can get back to that point. And so, yeah, you don't leave. Um, and then some other ones, I would say, like, either cultural or religious differences or religious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people, they worry about immigration status. If I report this, we're both going to get deported. And then we talked about, you know, financial abuse. 90, one thing that people don't realize is 99% of domestic violence victims are stuck because of finances. Okay. 99% okay. Okay. are stuck because of finances. Like, what am I going to do if I leave? He pays all the bills. Right. So right, right. I don't understand 99 percent. Um, but here's another one. And I'll just leave it at this. There is a what if they have a disability? So I work very closely with the Fulton County government. I, I work with the advocates there. Um, and we're meeting victims actually going to court. We're going to court with victims. Okay. Uh, I had I had a victim that I was working with recently. And she showed up in a wheelchair. She was paralyzed. But he was still abusing her. So I now walked up to her and I said, hi, you know, my name is Tamiko Pugh. I'm the victim advocate. I'm here to support you. And she looked at me and said, I didn't, I didn't request for you to come here. I'm here for him. They were going to court. She said, I'm here to support him. I'm in a wheelchair. I need him to come home and take care of me and my family. Oh my goodness. So we don't think about things like that. And that's something I just realized, you know, when I, when I met this lady and I'm like, this is something that we don't often realize or even talk about what if they have a disability and they're depending on that person wow that's amazing you wow i no yeah that's deep that's deep i mean really never never ever considered it never ever considered mm-hmm. wow so um what do you say to the woman that may be listening today what are some of the things that you all do at the Still Standing Alliance that help women? I heard you say you go into court with women. You've been that's yeah. one of the way you one of the ways that you're um, serving as an advocate. What are some of the other things that you're doing to help women? 
So aside from helping women, you know, supporting them, having advocates um, support them going through the, the court process, mm-hmm. we have different programs. Um, one of our programs that we launched during COVID was our 12-week Beyond Trauma program, and it's a 12-week healing journey uh, for, for survivors of domestic violence. It's a 12-week session, um, and it's really designed to help survivors recover from the effects of the trauma in their lives. Okay. Okay. Um, so I love that program. In addition to that, we do safety planning. So if you are still in a relationship and you feel like you're stuck and you don't know how to get out, we do safety planning. Safety planning is an individualized plan. It's going to be different for each person depending on their situation. And we take you through a series of questions. Um, is there, a, you know, what are the different ways that you can escape? Have you started to put together um, your safety package? Do you have an extra set of car keys? Um, you know, is there a, a code word that you can use to call a neighbor or a family member and you, you're pretending like you're ordering pizza? Hey, I'm ordering a large pizza. Well, that means that I need help or that means I'm leaving. Right. So okay. putting together a safety plan um, and if they have children, including the children as a part of that safety plan so that they can leave um, safely. Mm. Wow. And there's three types of safety plans. So we help them with the safety plan if they're still in that relationship, if okay. they're planning to leave. And then, of course, a safety plan after they leave because you still have to know how to protect yourself. Wow. Wow. So that's, that's some of the things that we're doing now. That's some great work that you're doing. Uh, and you just started that piece during COVID? So we've always done the safety planning. Um the 12-week healing journey, um, that curriculum, Beyond Trauma, we started that during COVID because everything became virtual. And it's like, how are we going to get in the community to help? And so- uh, COVID, How did COVID impact ooh, this whole issue? It escalated. Wow. As, uh, COVID actually escalated domestic violence because now, so I'm going to give a couple of different scenarios. Okay. You know, you have people, women who are, in a relationship, it may be violent, but they get to go to work every day, so they're not around that person. Okay. Um, and they can kind of manage it. But now you have COVID and you're stuck in the house mm-hmm. with the person that's abusing you. Mm-hmm. So for some people, work was an outlet. But now you're at home, and so now it's escalated. Not only that, the tension and the stress and everything that was going on around COVID, like 2020, 2021, we went through some stuff as a community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so... People who were unable to handle depression, you know, they fell into a deeper depression. And so now you have people drinking. And so the person who's the abuser, they're drinking, they're frustrated, they don't have an outlet. Um, And so it's it's escalated. Not only that, organizations, boots on the ground organizations like the Still Standing Alliance, there's no funding coming in. People are not making donations. You know, you're unable to get grants to help do the work that you're, you were previously doing. Mm-hmm. And so you can't help as many people as you would desire to help. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people forgot about that. Yeah. You know, your donors, they, they can't because either they're laid off work. So there were just so many things going on during COVID. Charitable giving certainly suffered. It, um, it did. I know that from my own foundation. Yes. People are, you know, yeah, it did suffer. Wow. So speaking of, how can we support the work that you're doing with the Still Standing Alliance? Um, I'm going to put your website information up uh, here. Let's see here. Where is it? I think I got it right here. Still Standing Alliance is where we are 
where you uh, are. And then here's the website, stillstandingalliance.org. And that should be two L's, right? And Alliance is, well, still standing. Yes, yeah, still. Yeah. Okay. And um, there are different ways that people can support. Um, we have a couple of different things going on. Of course, always monetary donations are always great because it allows us to help more victims. Mm -hmm. um, it allows us to be able to help them to pay their first month's rent. Um, we're always collecting um, gift cards to like Walmart and things of that nature that we can give to victims. You know, they've left that fleet, that relationship and the gift cards are always a great way to support. Um, we also have what's called the what's in my purse initi initiative or the what's in your purse initiative where we collect gently used handbags and we stuff those with toiletries. Like, what do you, because we carry well, a lot I, I, I got some handbags. I'm getting ready to get with. <laughs> I'm gonna, I was just saying the other day, I have, I was, I'm going to clean out my closet, uh, do my, for my fall cleaning. Mm -hmm. One of the things I want to do is, you know, you just have stuff you don't carry, you don't use, whatever. And you know, the rule now is if you haven't used it in a year, you don't really need it. And you don't well, need you it. Get the same handbag over and over again. You have all these bags. And so I'm so yes, so we can give to um give handbags. Absolutely. So we're collecting those gently used handbags. We're collecting toiletries and we stuff those handbags with toiletries. Um, we take them to the domestic violence shelters. One of the other things that we're doing because we're partnering with uh, the Fulton County Solicitor's Office and the DA's Office, a lot of times victims come to court and they don't really have the clothing that they need for court. So we collect blouses and pantsuits and things like that. And we give them these handbags that are filled with toiletries and it's just a blessing to see the looks on their faces. So yes, we are collecting those. Um, you can just on your website, get the information on where the website. We can either have someone pick it up or every now and then we'll do a drive where, you know, drive you come time. to us, we'll be somewhere in, in the community. Now, we do have our annual Purple Affair coming up. We haven't done it in two years because of COVID. Uh, we were very nervous about gathering people. Mm -hmm. um, and so we are celebrating our 10 year anniversary for the Purple Affair on October 15th. Um, and people can actually drop off their handbags, gently oh, use okay. blouses and toiletries at that event as well. Okay, on October 15th. October 15th. I definitely have a, a seat for you. So uh, love <laughs> I will be there. Join Dr. Tony, because it's been 10 years, anyone who's ever served as a speaker, um, has anyone who's ever supported in any way, we want all of you to be there. Okay. And so you've served as a speaker, you've been supporting, I, you have to be there. <laughs> I will be there. Count me in. I will be yes. there. Let me see. I'm looking and at my you'll, calendar. You received some information from the board secretary. I'm looking at my calendar right now. And uh, let's see here. October 15th, the Purple Affair. And you know, you always have the best affairs. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And what time would that be? 7 to 10 p.m. Uh, that information is also at, on the website, stillstandingalliance.org. I'm just excited. I mean, I'm like 10 years. We've been, we've been doing Go get me a years. purple dress now. I got to get a purple dress. A purple dress. Yes, yes. So it started off as a purple party 10 years ago. You know, this vision of having all these people come together. Well, the first one, I only had seven people show up and we had on our purple shirts and, mm -hmm. and we still celebrated domestic violence survivors with those seven people. <laughs> so it went from having seven people, nope. you know, to a, in small beginnings. Yeah. Yes. yes. Wow. So it's going to be a celebration. 
I'm so proud of you. It is a celebration. Yes. And 10 years? Ten wow. Years. I can't you were at the second one. I think it was 2012. Yeah. You spoke at the, the second one in 2012. I remember. Or wow. it might have been 2012 or 2011, but it was whatever that second year was. It's amazing how time flies. In 2024, we, uh, my sister's Keeper Foundation, will be celebrating 20 years. In, wow, in, 20 years of service. Yeah, Imagine that. We're going to do a big celebration. I can't wait to be we'll there. Celebrate the work and uh, the, what we've done. Yeah, wow, I am so excited. I'm so excited yeah. about what you're doing, Tamiko. And listen, that t-shirt you're wearing, that still standing t-shirt. Yes. If the ladies that are watching us on YouTube, listen, if you all are not, if you're, you know, you can find us on Anchor, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts. A lot of our uh, listeners listen to us while they're walking uh, or working out or whatever. But then there have some who veg out on this podcast uh, on um, on YouTube. So those of <clears> you <throat> that are not, if you're not on YouTube, we're gonna invite you to go to the YouTube channel and um, and and watch um, this podcast episode with Tamiko on my YouTube channel. Let's see, I'll put that up there. You can go to um, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado on YouTube there, and it will um, be a blessing. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You also, that our analytics can go up and this type of content, this powerful, informative, inspirational, motivational content that our community needs. We need to be able to be higher up in Google searches. So when we, with the more people subscribe to our channel, the um, the higher up we go in the analytics. And when you Google and put in hot keys, like words like self-care, health, wellness, black women, women of color, domestic violence, whatever topics that we talk about, our, our podcast will come up and will be easily, easy for you to find us there on YouTube or on Google. And so we want this type of information, our information, uh, our community, the Bible says we perish for the lack of knowledge. And there are resources and people out there like Tamiko Laurie Pugh, who is here today on our uh, podcast, who is here today um, uh, sharing with us on the subject of domestic violence, inter intimate partner violence, and this is um, the statistics. What's the stat on how many women would, um, is it? One in four women will experience or have experienced domestic violence or intimate partner violence in their lifetime. Wow. One in four. One in four, that's a lot of women. That's a lot. That's a lot of women. And I know as a pastor that, that means that every third woman on, it's four women, every third woman on the road is a, a, a victim of, of domestic violence. And so we have to, we have to raise our voices. We have to lift our voices and let this, uh, be, uh, and talk about this in our community. We cannot be silent anymore. We need to raise our voices and we need to empower Men and men, men and women who are victims of mm -hmm. domestic violence, and we need to uh, re uh, rehabilitate abusers, all of that, so that um, so our community can be whole and we can live that abundant life that Jesus came for us to live. Yeah. So my guest today is 
Tamiko Laurie Pugh. I want you to know that you can find her, um, Tamiko. From she is the uh, founder of the Still Standing Alliance. You can find her on Facebook at Tamiko Laurie Pugh, on Instagram at Tamiko Laurie Pugh, and on Twitter at Tamiko Laurie Pugh. Go to her website at www.stillstandingalliance.org. Get a ticket to the Purple Affair, the 10th year anniversary of the Purple Affair. Get um, um get your handbags, donate your handbags, purchase the still standing t-shirt that she's that she's rocking on the show today, her purple t-shirt. Uh so listen, because you know, purple, we we're standing in solidarity with survivors mm -hmm. of domestic violence when we wear purple, which is why I'm wearing my purple today. And I want us to um to encourage women uh, to come out, encourage women to be empowered, let women know that you do not have to stay in these situations. There is help for you. And there are organizations and women like Tamiko Laurie and organizations like the Still Standing Alliance that are here to help you come out of these horrible situations. Thank you again so much, uh, Tamiko, for being here today and being a part of our October, October series of the Harmonizing Life podcast. And I just want you to give us one last word of encouragement mm -hmm. as we prepare to sign. Well, thank you for having me. Um, if I can, one last thing that I want to say is, and it's a quote that I love. Um, I can't remember who it's by, but it says, at any given moment, you have the power to say this is not how the story is going to end. You have the power. Wow. At any given moment, you and I have the power to say this is not how the story is going to end. And let me tell you, Tamiko is a living testimony to that truth. When I met Tamiko, she was a single, she was a single mother just mm -hmm. coming out of an abusive relationship struggling, trying to find herself. And now look at her. Now she's remarried to a wonderful man of God. Her yes. children are doing well. Grown children are doing <laughs> well. She is leading a wonderful organization. She is an advocate in the community. She is winning awards. She's doing all type of things. And God has literally helped her rewrite her story. And so I am grateful for, uh, to be able to be a part of her journey. And to uh, and I'm grateful that she, whenever I call her and say, hey girl, I need you, she comes. Whether, whether it's to the church to speak or whether to get on the podcast with me, I am so proud of you, Tamiko. And Thank I'm glad to have you in our podcast community. All right, you all, thank you for being here with us again this week. We'll be back next week with another intriguing conversation. Next week, we're going to be listening to a survivor of breast cancer. We have a wonderful woman of God that's coming into, into the podcast studio, and we'll be talking about um, um, breast cancer awareness on next week with one of our breast cancer survivors. And so we thank you for being here with us today. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Meet us again next week on Harmonize Your Life, Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color Podcast with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. See you soon. Hi, this is Dr. Tony Alvarado, and I want to personally invite you to join the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network. 
Join us for fitness motivation, health and wellness information, inspiration, self-care strategies, and ideas for creating harmony in your life. As a certified health and wellness coach, it is one of my greatest honors to support women in their fitness, health, wellness, and self-care goals. Join the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network, and we will do you good on your journey.